Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. And with me is, well, always my co-anchor, Knowledge Ravensbell. You can hear her meowing a lot in the background. And now she's giving me a dirty look, so we will just get into it. Right? Do you want to say hello? Meow? Okay. I love you. All right. (laughs) I hope that whenever and wherever you happen to be on God's green and blue earth at this time, that you're able to let go in your life to gain more. We are in the full moon energy today started yesterday going on into today and we had a lunar eclipse and it takes a couple days before and a couple days after to kind of make those changes and those adjustments and this one was kind of a dark one and if you were with me yesterday you can um remember that we were talking about uh gathering up our shadow side all of the things we need to let go of and the things that you know have been bothering us and that's kind of where as a collective we've been you know just we've got kind of a laundry list of shit that we need to get gone and get done and in order for you to gain the life you want you have to let go of those things that are no longer serving you now we've talked about this Oh, multiple times in the past. Oh, gosh, this is season four. So, you know, we've been at this for a while. But it seems like there's extra layers, you know, like maybe ancient traumas, even some new traumas, new stuff that's come to light. Um, And I feel like lately in the past few days, we've been able to gain more insight, newer insights, greater vistas of the things that were bothering us. Now we know on a different level why they're bothering us. And I feel like that is something that this full moon is actually uh, giving us. It's it's a gift. And the same thing goes with the uh, lunar eclipse. Now I'm gaining insights and I don't really feel particularly affected by this one. I do think I might have a good placement of whatever the hell Saturn, my Saturn going into retrograde is a good placement um, at this moment. (laughs) For me, my kitty cat in her chart, she has Saturn in retrograde and now she's giving me a look because I said that. (laughs) Don't tell them my chart. (laughs) The look on her face, oh my God, so funny. Um, So, 
It's okay. There's nothing wrong with having Saturn in retrograde. She has a stellium of planets and they're all in retrograde. That's her chart. So (laughs) I have a stellium of planets that are going direct, but (laughs) in my chart. So it's kind of funny. They're probably the same planets. I haven't checked on that, but this idea of letting go to gain more it's not new you've heard it before and i'm only reminding you of what you already know your higher self is already guiding you in all the ways that you need to increase your life and your health and your wealth and your vibration the love relationships you draw to you the love that you feel inside of your own heart and the light energy that you uh, hold into uh, all of your chakras and all of your uh, energetic uh, bodies, your Pepsi bodies, if you will, um, you have and hold the key to all of that. But sometimes we will hold on to uh, things that don't serve us because we haven't learned the lessons from it yet or because we haven't given ourselves permission to let it go. You know, um, for example, if you have a mother who was overbearing and always made you feel really bad about yourself and you haven't let go, you haven't let go of wanting to still please her, even though she doesn't even deserve it. It doesn't even matter. You, You don't need her approval, but it's still your mom, you know? So, that's like for an, an example, like, you know, you need to let it go intellectually, but emotionally you're still kind of holding on. Cause you're still like, maybe she will give me that approval. Maybe, you know, maybe it's coming, you know, or even, um, old lovers, you know, people that you looked up to in the past, you might still secretly crave their attention or their, um, you might still secretly crave their, uh, approval or their, I don't know, blessing to, for you to live your life now, you know, um, like I, I thought that I was friends with an ex once, and this is years and years, God, like over 20 years ago. And we were trying to be friends. We said, we're going to be friends after the relationship ended. We're like, there's no reason why we can't be friends. It might be a while, but we'll get back into the swing of the friendship. Right. And at the time I didn't know he was a narcissist. Holy crap. Same old story again and again, you know, with us empaths, we're always attracting these guys, unfortunately guys, gals, whatever, you know, these people. And so we were thinking that we were going to be friends supposedly. And I called him and I said, Hey, I I was just uh, thinking about you and I was wondering how you're doing. And You know, he asked me what's new and I said, well, I'm going to actually go to hypnotherapy school. I'm pretty excited about it because I, um, wanted to do it before about the time I met you. Actually, I was thinking about doing it and then I put it off so that I could get a job instead. And then I ended up, you know, being in relationship with you. So funny thing is I was going through the phone book and I saw the ad for the hypnosis school and I thought, well, you know, I'm going to do that back in the day when people still had phone books (laughs) and he says, what do you want from me? Do you want my approval? Like you don't need to ask my permission to do something in your life. That's ridiculous. And 
I was just like, whoa, I was asked the question, what are you doing in your life? And I gave him the answer and it wasn't that I was seeking his attention or his approval or his permission. I was just telling him what was going on. Right. And so that was like his weird perception, you know, and then he was going to make that into a joke and tell his friends later, because that was the shit that he would do all the time, you know, make it into a big humorous thing. And then they'd, you know, go around Robin three times around the room, coming up with greater and funnier jokes, you know, to make fun of me, you know, (laughs) because that's what they would do to other people. So I'm, I'm assuming that's what they did. And I remember thinking at the time, like, He's right though. I don't need anybody's permission to do anything in my life and I don't need anyone's attention or approval. Right. But that, um, that stood, that, that stuck out in my mind just now as I was saying these words. And it's funny because no, I wasn't seeking anything from this guy. I needed literally zero from this guy, but I was trying to be a friend still. We were still trying to, I thought. And after that, after that conversation, I knew that I would never be friends with him again. And I never contacted him again. And like four or five years later, he wrote me a really nasty comment on one of my websites, um, threatening to tell my husband about when I used to work in a BDSM house, (laughs) like that's going to be like, Ooh, he's going to like, what is he going to leave me? He knew before we even got together that I used to, you know, beat rich, handsome men for a living. I'm not embarrassed or ashamed of it. So what, you know, I wasn't a prostitute. I wasn't a stripper. I got into the psychological aspect of it because I wanted to see what makes people tick. It was interesting for me extremely interesting. You know, I may end up writing a book about the experience actually. I mean, at the time I had been taking notes, um, not on the individual clients, but on some of the circumstances and the psychological things behind the fetish. And like that whole world was super fascinating to me. And I, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for one year and write a book about it (laughs) because I have a degree in human sexuality and I have a degree in psychology and I really wanted to explore that part of the human psyche. It's still fascinating to me. Um, you know, it's not, I'm not like a lifestyle or BDSM or, you know, or anything like that. But at the time I thought, wow, this is like super interesting. And I got to basically, um, work with other women who were, like some of them were lifestylers and some of them just wanted money. Right. And I remember thinking that it's such a fun and exciting job. It really sure as shit beat the hell out of making 10 bucks an hour to be somebody's secretary, getting them coffee. You know, I was making 65 an hour plus tips, which means there were days I was making $120 an hour to literally listen to people tell me about their fetishes or whatever. It was very odd. (laughs) I mean, no sex was involved, but I mean, you know, there was some whipping and beating and uh, um, occasionally berating, (laughs) tickling, a lot of tickling. It was very weird. It was a very weird job. It was the weirdest job I ever had, but it was rewarding in the way that I learned a lot about myself. I learned how to live in the space of complete and total self-acceptance and empowerment 
and that I literally don't need approval or permission from anybody at all in the world. And, um, I just need to approve of myself. You know, I need to love myself in the way that God loves me, which is completely and totally, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't matter if somebody else, uh, if, if a human loves me imperfectly, that's okay because they're still working on themselves, you know, but I know that God loves me perfectly and I don't need anyone else to take the place of God's love in my heart and in my mind. Right. You know, and I mean, insert universe or great spirit or Allah, Jah, Yahweh, Ra, goddess, um, whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat <laughs> in the spiritual person above us, uh, department. But, uh, I remember thinking that, and that is a huge, huge thing. That is something that for a lot of us, especially women, you know, we always want to seek the approval. Ask your father, ask your mother. We're told at a young age that we always have to ask somebody else for what we want. We have to get their permission. We have to get their approval. We have to seek for their blessing. I would like to marry this person. You know, know, do I have your blessing? You know, (laughs) And that's like huge, right? To realize that we don't need any of that, especially, you know, we hit, we hit 18 and we don't need permission anymore. We're adults, yo. (laughs) We need to start adulting. (laughs) So that's one of the, the, those things are, are some things you need to work on. You need to let go so that you can gain a better life. You know, learn to trust your instincts, trust your judgment, trust that even if you make a mistake, you're still going to learn from it. And even if you make a mistake, you're still going to gain, you're going to gain knowledge and experience. You know, if you make an investment and the investment goes south and you lose your money, now, you know. (laughs) and you know a lot more than you think, you know, you know, if somebody, uh, takes your money and this, I was just talking to someone about this, um, yesterday or the day before, um, my friend who is, um, a director in Hollywood, he was telling me that he had just bought a 70 inch screen TV He'd never had a massive TV in his life and he's from Ecuador, but he's, but he's telling me, yeah, you, you, my friend bumped into it. He bumped into it and it fell off of the freaking wall and it broke. And he was like, ah, right. So whatever, you know, I don't know how much these TVs cost a thousand dollars, $20,000, 70 inches is freaking massive. That was a massive TV. He was like, yeah, he's like, it took up the whole wall and it was like amazing. Right. And he was, and he's a director. So, I mean, a, he deserves it because he earned it himself. He, you know, but, but even if he, you know, was independently wealthy, he still deserves it. We deserve what we want. Right. That's how God, um, treats us. It's not how we treat ourselves, but anyway, so he, he earned this money and he bought this TV and his friend broke it. And he was like, he didn't even offer to pay. He didn't even say he's sorry. He said, it's on me. It's my TV and I didn't mount it right or whatever. And it's on me and I need to, you know, 
whatever his friends said, whatever stupid excuse his friend came up with, you know, sorry, I'm not going to pay for your $20,000 TV or your $1,000 TV. I don't know how much they cost. Probably not a thousand. I'm, I'm, a, I'm guessing maybe more like four or $5,000, but <laughs> it's a little bit of a bougie story, but bear with me. <laughs> I told him this guy is not paying you what he owes you after he went to your house and broke something of yours. So the way I look at it is you lost a money. I mean, you lost your friend and you lost, you know, the TV and the money, but you lost a friend and you know what? That's money well spent because now, you know, and he said, Oh my God, you're right. And I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah. So you paid $5,000 or whatever it was. And you lost a false friend who was not going to be, on the up and up and not have integrity and not do what is the right thing. Imagine if uh, he didn't know that about his friend. What if he had said, well, I'm going to go over to uh, Asia for six months for a shoot. I was wondering if you could watch my house. This guy would not be responsible for his house. What if he allowed his house to burn down? You know, that's like millions of dollars. Like, you know what I mean? So it's a good thing he lost that friend and that TV now because it's not about the money and his friend had the money. That's stupid too, right? It's not like his friend is stone cold broke going, Oh, I can't afford that. You know, his friend had the money to pay for it, but he didn't want to, you know, you know, it's just, it's, it's uh, similar to what happened to me with my last, uh, situation I talked about for a couple days here you know, with the ex-roommate, you know, he didn't want to pay me the $43 that was 33 of which was, or $30 or whatever was from just for the rent, just the basic shit, the rent that he agreed. It was his idea and he agreed he was going to pay it. And then, Oh, I don't want to pay that. That room wasn't worth it. Why'd you stay there five weeks, dude? If it wasn't worth it, you ought to have left the first night. You ought to have said, never mind, I'm going to stay in a hostel. I don't, you know, whatever. <laughs> a hostel actually would have been cheaper. He said he was going to pay me $200 a month, but a hostel is $5 a night. That's $150 a month. He actually would have done better to, uh, but I'm glad he didn't because you know what? And he, in the end, did pay me that money, but he lost a friend. But I remember thinking, if he doesn't pay this money... It's money well spent. I paid him $40 to get the fuck out of my life because I, I, I don't need that, right? I don't need the hassle. When you come into my world and you rob me of my peace and money and things and you break shit and you don't do what's right, I kind of feel like, well, it was my responsibility to let you into my life, but it's also my responsibility to kick you out again. it's fine with me to let go of things in order to gain more. You know, I would rather live in a world in which I have no friends than a bunch of false friends. You know, I would rather uh, have friends of integrity than a bunch of posers. You know, I had this conversation with somebody, um, one of you, um, yesterday and she was saying, you know, this guy was just a poser. 
he was pretending to be your friend. He's just a poser. And I was like, oh my God, that's the exact word. Holy moly. That's it. He's a poser. He was pretending. He was an imposter. He wasn't really a friend. He was just hanging with me because he doesn't know anybody else. And he didn't go out of his way to meet other people because he doesn't care. You know, for whatever reason, you know, he knew me. He met me six years ago and glommed onto me and maybe realized, you know, maybe I would be a, a worthwhile resource in the future that, you know, person he could come in and take advantage of. Maybe. Or maybe not. You know, maybe it was just, an, you know, he's being opportunistic in the moment. I don't know anybody in town and both of my sisters rejected me that live here. So I might as well call upon the friendship, the almighty friendship. Well, what do friends do? That's what friends are for. <laughs> That's not what this friend is for anymore, buddy. Let me tell you, you know, uh, no, if I had known then what I know now, mm, can you come into my life and steal a bunch of stuff, break some stuff, threaten the, the life of my cat and, and make my house a hundred times messier than it was? Um, fuck no is going to be my answer to that, right? <laughs> but it's okay, because you know what? I, I told him, you know, I, I, we parted ways okay. He paid me. Eventually, it took him two weeks or a week and a half. But he paid me, you know. Actually, two weeks ago on the new moon, um, I did a little ritual, and I said, anyone owes me money, let's light a fire under that shit and get them <laughs> to uh, pay me back. And I didn't call him out by name, but, boy, he paid me within three hours. The candles weren't even done burning. <laughs> Hey, I did it. (laughs) But I'm able to let go in order to gain more. I'm able to let go of the false friends, the false ideas, the false beliefs, the false bullshit I was holding on to myself so that I can gain more. I can gain better friends. I can gain a better life. I can uh, let go of living in a nice town in which I was lonely. I was able to let go of that so that I can gain living in maybe kind of a shittier place. I mean, let's face it. I'm not in the best place on the coast. I'm in kind of a crappy place. (laughs) It's the best surfing beach, you know, in um, South America. I mean, granted, but I'm not a surfer. (laughs) I haven't even touched the water yet. (laughs) Um, but I'm able to let go of living in a super nice area for now in order to gain what I want, which is to live two and a half hours North of here in a place I can't right this moment afford, but I will, I will. I'm, I'm working towards my goals every day, you know, but I was able to let go of friends. I've been able to let go of ideas, false beliefs, And I know that you can too. And this full moon is the time to do it. This full moon is the time to uh, take a look at all these things. You know, what are the false images you're holding of yourself? Well, I will buy new clothes when I lose weight. I hear that one a lot from women, especially when I deserve it. And, and, and you deserve it now. Fuck that. Buy new clothes now. And if you do happen to lose weight, buy new clothes then. 
You know, if you can afford it, you know, do it. You deserve it now. Like you deserve nice things now. You don't need to keep putting shit off. I mean, unless you can't afford it and you like are like loads of credit card debt. You know, I'm not, I'm not encouraging, uh, <laughs> I'm not encouraging retail therapy or shopaholicness, but you know, when you are, um, calling yourself names or things that you don't deserve, like, you know, and I'm, I'm guilty of, of thinking, you know, Oh, I don't like the way my body looks or feels right now. And sure I could stand to lose these, uh, COVID-19 pounds that have been packed on since I have been cooped up inside for a year and a half you know, but I started to tell my body, I need you to be a little thinner. I need you to be a little thinner in this part. And I, and I'm going to treat you better and I'm going to do okay. You know, we're going to try to work with each other here. And I've noticed that I'm actually starting to lose weight automatically when my body tells me what it's craving. Um, you know, I ignore it when it says cookies, (laughs) that's just the dark with the darkness within, you know, come to the dark side. We've got cookies. (laughs) you know, but when I, when my body says, you know, Hey, it's time for bacon and eggs. All right. You know what? It's very healing. It's very healing for me to have like a lot of protein. My body just like, I'm starting to lose weight. I see it. My friend told me you should go on the meat diet. Like, I think I need to be on a meat diet because when I eat more meat, I actually lose weight. It's weird. (laughs) and I know when I eat vegetables, I, my, my digestion gets all kind of screwed up and I can't, you know, just eating like I was a vegetarian for nine years and almost killed me. So, I mean, I'm not that kind of a person that can just eat a bunch of veggies. It's too bad though, because, you know, eating a lot of veggies, it's so cheap. (laughs) It's so cheap. I wish I could eat like that, but I, uh, I can't, it, it, I have no energy. My, my brain gets mentally foggy. I just, feel like crap. And if I exercise, I get really sick. Like I get really like my immune system gets run down. If I'm not eating meat, it's really weird. It's I'm not, you know, my ancestors, they ate a lot of meat. It is what it is, you know, but, um, so I, I, all the things that I've told myself, I need to let go of all that. And you do too. All the things you're telling yourself, you know, you're too skinny, you're too fat, you're too old, you're too young, you're too wrinkly <laughs> on your face or your hair is not the right color or whatever the crap is that you're telling yourself. You need to stop. Let go of all the stuff you're telling yourself that's false. Let go of all the beliefs and the ideas, um, especially when it comes to other people just let it go, you know, gain more, gain more self-respect, gain more self-love, gain more self-acceptance, uh, and, 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 um, gain more, uh, joy. Just the joy of living is what comes from completely radically accepting yourself by letting go of every single thing that no longer serves you. And this is a good time to do it. Uh, we're here in this, uh, full moon, And, uh, this is the full flower moon. It reached peak illumination this morning at 714 AM and it's very close to the horizon and tomorrow it will still look a little bit full. It's technically only full today. 
Um, but the night before uh, was yesterday, so maybe you saw it. I did not see it at all because we've been solid overcast here at the coast in Ecuador, here on the Pacific Ocean side for, I mean, like three or four days. It's just been a white sky. <laughs> no, it's just it's solid clouds. There's not bunch of different clouds. It's just solid clouds. I, I can't even do cloud readings uh, during this time of the year. So, all right. Um, but this is a, a blood moon and a total lunar eclipse and a full flower moon. I don't know about you guys, but for me, I, I hear these words and I think, boy, this is a moon just made for women. <laughs> But men, you can uh, completely, you know, benefit from it also. You could get more in touch with your feminine side. All of us, we need to be in touch with our darker natures and see if there's anything that needs healing, um, you know, uh, bonding trauma where you, you know, are bonded with people through their trauma or through your trauma or you went through a trauma with someone learn to bond with people from a different, uh, in a different way, not from your trauma. So let go of the trauma, but keep the bond is what I'm trying to say. And there's also ancestral trauma. We need to let all of it go. Blood moon, total lunar eclipse. If you're lucky, if you're in the right area, I couldn't see anything. So Although something weird did happen today, I wanted to tell you guys, uh, a, a, a really big brown butterfly came and it landed and my cat went freaking out, just totally freaking out. Like she wanted that butterfly so bad. She started climbing up the screen door and climbing back down again and chirping at it and meowing at it and just like so excited like mom there's a butterfly there's she's so excited so we watched the butterfly together and then as soon as the cat relaxed a little bit a bird came by i think i couldn't see it very well but it was like a yellow bird and it looked like the kind of birds that are um in uh well pretty much all the disney princess movies where a bird comes and chirps and interacts with the princess it literally looked like something like that because a bird came and was singing and then it came over and, and to make sure that I saw it looking at me and it made eye contact with me while it sang. It was like trying to give me a message and that actually happened. It wasn't a dream or a vision. It literally happened today, both the butterfly and then this bird. And this bird was just like, it was incredible. I don't know what it was trying to say to me, but I told it thank you. And I felt like it had something to do with the end of the world. I really feel like it was like something to do with that. Like we're almost getting ready to hop on in to that fifth dimension fully. I mean, I feel like it had something to do with that. Like it was a, it was like a harbinger. The word harbinger came to me when this bird came and chirped at me. So I thought that was very odd. So the brown butterfly and then the, the golden yellow bird, which might've been like a canary. I don't even know. It was, it's, it's wings. Everything was very angular with this bird. And I, I couldn't really see because it was shadowy, 
like, you know, this, you know, with sun was not out because, you know, the overcast and it was at dusk. So it was hard to tell the color of the bird, but it looks like the birds that were yellow that I saw the other day. So that was weird. I don't know what that was about, but that was very odd. Um, so anyway, uh, what is going on with this full moon? I'm going to tell you, it is a super flower moon. It is the closest super moon of the year 2021, if you're lucky enough to see it. And if not, you know what? I'm going to go on YouTube myself and check it out later. So um, this is uh, the first uh, full or super moon occurred um, in April. It was April's pink moon. And this is May's flower moon. So this is the biggest and the brightest full moon of the year, according to almanac.com, which is, of course, the home site for that old farmer's almanac. And it says that uh, it's not going to actually look bigger or brighter than April's to the naked eye, of course, but the moon's distance from Earth is only 100 miles different between April's moon and May's moon. And to our eye, it's not going to be much of a big difference but this is a um flower moon and of course it's obvious why it's called that the old farmer's almanac full moon names come from a variety of places including native american colonial american and european sources so now traditionally of course the full moon name is applied to the entire lunar month which it in which it occurred and it's not just solely to the full moon like just for today it's called the month of may flowers you know april rains bring may flowers do you remember that old adage well here we go so the flower moon is attributed to the algonquin peoples as confirmed by christina ruddy of the algonquin way cultural center in piquacanagan ontario and May's moon is also referred to as the month of flowers, according to Jonathan Carver in the 1798 publication Travels Through the Interior Parts of Northern or North America. So it's also as a uh, likely to be a Dakota name from the Dakota tribes. And of course, that's a Great Lakes region, also, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Um, they called it that Henry David Thoreau sparked um, Native American moon names as well and he referenced this when he called it the flower moon when he wrote about Native American names so it's been in literature and it's been in culture and it's been around but I think it's honestly uh, it's called that because there's a lot of flowers uh, blooming at this time, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. The Cree names Budding Moon and Leaf Budding Moon celebrate the awakening of the local flora, and which are now beginning to leaf out in many areas. The Planting Moon is what they called it in the Dakota and the Lakota tribes, and it marks a time when the seeds <clears throat> need to be started to uh, spring into the farming season ahead. So the activities and the <clears throat> animals marked spring's arrival too, highlighted by the Cree names, the egg laying moon and the frog moon, as well as the Oglala term, the moon of the shedding ponies. Aw, so cute. 
and all three names indicate, of course, that the warm weather is well on its way, and thank God for that. You guys are going to get, in the Northern Hemisphere, warmer weather, while me here in South America, I am getting cooler weather, which I completely appreciate because I live at the beach and it gets a little hot here. So I'm happy to ease on into the beach life (laughs) during the cold season. So I picked the perfect time to move here. So if you want to know more about the full flower moon um, or anything about moon folklore or anything, you could look at the old farmer's almanac at almanac.com. Now the full moon folklore for this moon It says that uh, clothes that are washed for the first time in the full moon are not going to last long. So be careful. Don't do your laundry for a couple days. (laughs) Also, the full moon is an ideal time to accept a proposal of marriage. So if you were thinking about saying yes, this is the time to do it. And don't do it on Friday or after because that will be Mercury retrograde anything that's done will be undone when mercury goes back direct so there you go um that is the moon news (laughs) as it is so i had a weird uh thing happen earlier where uh, a, a muslim contacted me from iran randomly because he liked my post on instagram And I did a funny post. It was, um, I just forwarded it from somebody else that I follow. And it it said, uh, you know, me saying I'm going to go to bed at 9 o'clock at night to get a good night's sleep. And then it said, but me also at 3 a.m. And it shows this guy dressed like all goth and dancing (laughs) wildly to goth music. And I thought that was freaking hilarious. So I, I forwarded that. I think it's the second time I've put that as part of my story because it's just so super funny. Anyway, he laughed at this and then he said, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from, you know, I live in Ecuador. I'm from the U S and, and he, I'm like, where are you from? He's like, he's from Iran. And I'm like, you know, I care about your, your country. And I pray cause I see that you guys are going through a hard time. So I'm always praying for you guys. And you know, and I hope everything's fine. And he asked me, what's my religion? And I said, well, I, I converted to Islam in 2012. And he said, are you a Shia? And I'm like, yeah, like, so what? Like, what's that have to do with anything? But he's a Shia. He should be anyway, because he's from Iran. And then all of a sudden he started telling me that I am going to hell because all Shia are going to hell. And then he said, because my hair shows in my profile, I'm going to hell. And I was like taken aback by that. Like, whoa, I haven't been told that I'm going to hell for a long time. So I'm not used to (laughs) being told that I am going to hell, which I thought was very odd, especially when two days ago I had a dream I was in hell and visiting somebody who forgot they were in hell. You know, the one where I kept looking out the window and the the sea was in the sky and the sky was below and I was looking at the world upside down. So that was, you know, and then I I hear from the devil today, literally the incarnation of Lucifer Morningstar, the actual devil himself, Lucifer, the first angel ever created. Um, he's incarnate in human form and he's a friend of mine and he, 
So I mean, I have this thing about hell, and then I get this, uh, you know, then Lucifer contacts me, and then this guy tells me I'm going to hell, and then the harbinger, the weird brown butterfly, and then the, the yellow canary. You always send a canary into a coal mine, you know, and if they die, then, you know, the gas is going to kill everybody so you, can, you don't go down the coal mine. So I don't know. It's kind of creepy. I don't know. <laughs> but this guy is like, you're going to hell. Do you know that you're going to hell? I'm like, you're going to hell because you just judged me and condemned me to hell. It's literally in the Quran. It says, if you try to do God's job of judging others, and telling them they're going to hell, that literally means that you're going to hell for judging them. Because it's not your job to be God in charge of everything. So it's between you and God. Only God can judge me. It's in the it's literally in the Quran. Only God can judge me. But also Tupac Shakur. Uh, rest in peace. <laughs> he said it too. Because it's true. Only God can judge me. Or in this case, only Allah can judge me. And so it was like really weird. I don't know, guys, maybe I'm going to hell, but you know what? If, uh, you need to, uh, <laughs> be a Christian to go to hell, then I'm going to be in hell with Jesus. And I'm okay with that because, you know, new slash Jesus wasn't a Christian. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, it's <laughs> so all being good. I'll be in good company. But I was thinking about this, how like, what a weirdo, like randomly, oh, thank you, you know, for saying you care about my country and oh, we like the same kind of music and you're going to hell, you know, (laughs) like where do these people get off? And the, and the other thing is, right, my cat's like, yeah, where did these people get off? Come on, you can come up here. You want to say hey to me? Come on. She's like, I want to be a part of the show again, mom. (laughs) Uh, it was like so such a weird thing. I, I haven't had someone tell me that in a while. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, you know, if I go to hell and God wants me there, okay, fine. If I, you know, God told me a long, long time ago that I'm not going to hell. Stop worrying. It's like, well, I did eat bacon yesterday. So, I mean, maybe I am going to hell. And then he says, I'm going to hell because I'm a Shia. And then he says, I'm going to hell because my hair was showing on my Insta. And I'm like, well, you're going to hell because you're telling me I'm going to hell. That, like, literally, it says that in the Quran. And then he says, um, and he started saying something else. I just told him to fuck off. And I blocked him immediately. I'm like, I just don't have time for this fundamental bullshit. You know, I really don't. You know, and, and then um, there was the other thing about this hell situation. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, I'm going to hell for eating bacon and drinking alcohol. So, I mean, if, 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 you know, I'm going to hell, it's not going to be for an idiotic reason of part of my hair showed like, fuck off. God created my hair. You know, (laughs) if God wanted me not to show my hair, I would have been born bald, motherfucker. Okay. A lot of babies are born bald, but I was actually born with a full head of bright freaking red hair. So (laughs) God wanted me to show that shit off. Sorry. Yeah, I just thought that was like weird though. I'm not even a, I'm, I am Muslim, but I'm not a practicing Muslim because I was practicing Islam in the middle of it when God started talking to me and he said, you don't have to do this anymore. I'm like, well, I'm still going to pray. And he's like, that's okay. We want you to pray. It's fine. But we want to work with you directly. You don't have to, you know, follow a religion and you can operate outside of the religion now. And I've said, okay, great. Which was very weird because God led me to that religion in the first place. 
so that I could help people bridge the gap between uh, religions. That was what I was told in the beginning. So anyway, I do work for God. I am the archangel of death. Um, If you're brand new to the show, I am an incarnate archangel and I help other uh, angels that are incarnate to, um, you know, realize who they are. You know, I'm, I'm here to help gather the angels as it were. I helped end the world. It's a very slow ass process. As you could tell, I did this two years ago. (laughs) God told me, Hey, you got to do this uh, ritual. And I'm like, damn. Okay. And I kind of ignored it for a few days. And then, um, I just kept, I had a sword on my back that I was supposed to plunge into the earth and it was this massive sword and it was an energetic thing. And it's a wild story. It's from two years ago. It was one of those weird things that happened. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just roll with it and we'll see what happened. And we've had a lot of fun stuff happen since then. Like a lot of extra volcanoes going off and Oh, the plague that, you know, we've all been in the pandemic and murder hornets and all kinds of shit has happened since the past two years when I did that. And I'm only doing what God told me. So, you know, don't shoot the messenger (laughs) harbinger of death and all that. But I don't know. This whole hell thing has got me a, a slightly bit rattled in the past three, four days. I'm like, well, if I done fucked up and I am going to hell, then okay, I'll accept that. Whatever God wants. I'm still going to love God 100% with my whole heart, mind, body, and soul, right? (laughs) But you know that even in the Quran, it is a sin to annoy other people. It is a sin to purposely disturb their peace, their emotional, spiritual, and mental peace. And that's what this guy did. I mean, just for a few minutes, I was just like, I'm not even going to get into the conversation. And then he, he contacted me through another account and sent me a bunch of quotes in Arabic as if I read Arabic, which I do not. So I just deleted that and blocked him on that account too. I was like, dude, I don't even know you. I don't even want to know you. I don't even need the hassle of knowing you. I mean, like moments after I say, I'm, I'm, I'm saying dua for you, which is like a word for pray, you know, praying or prayer. I'm saying prayers for you and your family and your, you know, and your country and you're going to hell. It's like, what the fuck? Wow. Wow. (laughs) Oh my God. It's just one of those weird, weird things. Like, man, I actually wrote Lucifer and I said, Hey, so I had this weird thing and this vision of hell. I went there to go visit somebody. I guess it's somebody I know who's in hell, but I didn't see who it was. We were just having this conversation, but I was looking out the window because I was like, what the hell? Where am I? And that's the only part that I remember. And I said, it was like, I was seeing the world upside down from inside the the mind of a dragon. And, and I told him that and he's like, yeah, I know that dragon. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is just too much. (laughs) Oh my God. My life is insane. But this is why I tell you guys, because it's strange. And if you're having strange things going on, then, you know, it's okay because, Hey, you know, we're either all sane going through crazy things or we're all crazy together, but it's weird that we're all going through Ascension symptoms together and weird visions and, um, symptoms together. And a lot of these things are being brought on by 
by what, Miss Ravensbell? Right, exactly. The solar flares, the solar winds, and we're going to get into space weather right now, right? Okay. Do you want to talk about it? You want to tell us more about the space weather, girl? No, she's, she's like, I'm, I'm going to just, she just jumped on top of the refrigerator. <clears throat> I have a seven foot refrigerator, guys. <clears throat> I feel so spoiled. I love this refrigerator. <laughs> and she loves it too. Cause she can look down upon me and judge me. <laughs> I might have to put that on my next Instagram post. So anyway, <laughs> All right, so spaceweather.com, the current solar wind speed is 400.4 kilometers per second, and the CME did arrive today. Earth was moving through the wake of a CME that struck earlier today, and so far the impact has not sparked geomagnetic storms. What's going on, girl? Do you want to talk about it? Did you feel it? Did you... Did you? You didn't, huh? That was her no. Why are you biting me? Now be a p- <laughs> Oh, okay. I think she needs me to give her her, her fish. We're going to do that in a minute, girl. All right. We, we have the world's tiniest ants here, and they're itty-bitty, like minuscule ants. They're really hard to see, but, but they're really fast. So, I, like, if she's done eating, I have to, like, immediately put it in the fridge until she's ready to eat again because otherwise these itty bitty ants will just just swarm (laughs) and I don't know where they come from otherwise they wouldn't be there but uh, well maybe I am in hell already (laughs) with minuscule ants they're so cute though anyway um so the CME did arrive and they are thinking that still possible might be minor G1 class storms and this is because the pockets of densely magnetized solar plasma are continuing to buffet the planet's magnetic field. Oh, she's calling her boyfriend now. Oh my God. You're not allowed to have your boyfriend over girl. Not until I get you spayed. (laughs) The most adorable little white boyfriend came over. He's, um, a white cat and he has like little, um, strange patterns on his side that are like in blonde fur so it was he's super cute and he came over to visit my cat and she wanted so badly to see him and I'm like nope <laughs> my cat's in heat if you as you guys can maybe tell so um <laughs> it's like I don't think so girl we're gonna have you fixed and then you could go see your boyfriend all you want she she was even nice to the girl cat that came around, and she's not normally nice to other cats. So, um, all right. Uh, the ring-shaped sunspot AR2826 is growing rapidly. That's good to know. But it does look like by the time it grows into something, it's going to be on the other side of the sun. So it's not going to face us so much. We're already up to sunspot number 36. Yes, we are, girl. Yes, we are. And we are at very high neutron counts, lots of particulate matter, I guess, if you want to call it that. I guess it's technically the cosmic rays from the universe is raining down on us. And it says right now, Earth's atmosphere, neutron counts um, that are coming down from Ulu's Sodonkaila Geophysical Observatory 
are showing that the cosmic rays reaching Earth are slowly declining, but it's a result of the yin-yang relationship between the solar cycle and the cosmic rays. So because we're getting no solar wind activity our way, we are in fact getting the very high neutron counts right now. So we're always being bombarded with some kind of energy and that does spark the ascension symptoms in us. We are now 10.1% of the space age average, which is very high. Lots of neutron counts going on right now. There are no significant equatorial coronal holes on the Earth's side of the sun. So after we got hit with this um, CME this morning, it looks like we're not going to have a whole lot of activity for the next few days. We did have seven sporadic fireballs. According to NASA's All Sky Cameras and the All Sky Fireball Network, and as far as disclosurenews.it is concerned, um, it's not a very big number. I'm waiting for this page to load. It loaded 40 minutes ago, and now it's not. Heartmath.org uh, is not available right now. The data is. Um, basically temporarily unavailable and as far as the Schumann resonance news coming down the pike from Italy I'm waiting for the damn page to load darn it <laughs> all right here we go uh, power 30 and 48 Hertz frequency and that's it so not a whole lot of activity going on there although the activity that did go on suspiciously looks like an angel's wing I always love when that happens of course I would being an archangel incarnate <laughs> it is what it is um, there's a beautiful picture of the moon by the way on spaceweather.com in case you want to go check that out all right I'm gonna take a quick break when I come back guys I'm going to be channeling for you from prime creator right after this oh and by the way the little music that I play in between the parts uh, for whatever reason on the app is not playing so I have to like publish it to see which what it you know if it worked or not so I can't hear the music I'm just flying blind here so I hope that you guys uh, like what I'm picking <laughs> and I hope that it makes sense that it's not like the music for the end of a show playing right now in the little in-between sections but um I'm just flying blind until they fix the uh, app. It's funny because they got all the other bu bugs worked out. And now, well, here we go again. Tell me right now that we're not in hell already. <laughs> anyway, I will be right back with a message to you guys from God himself, prime creator, right after this itty bitty interlude. So I am going to channel prime creator for you tonight. He is the one God of all. So you could call him or her, whatever you like. Prime creator has a wife. I say mother, father, God usually, but if you don't believe that, or you don't want to believe that, or that freaks you out, that's okay. If you want to think of prime creator as a woman, that's okay. I mean, it's beyond the 
comprehension of us mere mortals anyway. <laughs> you know, being on earth uh, as humans, we are extremely limited, even though we'd like to think we know everything. But we don't, you know. So um, I uh, gave my life over to the one will in 2007. To God, I just said, hey, I'm not doing it right. And I need your input in a more direct way. And I am ready to take on the mantle. So allow me to be an instrument of your goodwill and peace and love in the world. And just please provide me with what I need, basically. And at the time when I said this, I was married and I had my kids and we were all pretty happy living in our beautiful house over in the California forest. And one year later to the day of my saying this, actually, I'll have to say it's one year and one day later because I said this to God. I gave the prayer. This is what I want. I am ready. Use my body, use my mind, use my, you know, just use me as an instrument of your will. God, thy will be done. So I said that on, uh, pretty much April 1st on April fool's day, 2007, (laughs) it was my husband's birthday and he was helping the neighbor who had a hip replaced or something. And he wanted, he needed to go spend the night over there. So I was alone in my house with my kids. I said this, uh, prayer and the very next day on April 2nd, 2007, I was doing something super mundane. I was making turkey hot dogs for the family, the most mundane thing in the whole wide world. Right. <laughs> and the, the thought that was in my mind at that moment was I wonder if Tara wants mustard on his hot dog. That was the only thing that was in my mind at that moment. And right when I thought that (laughs) insanely normal mundane thought, uh, I was struck by lightning and it came down through, um, the stove pipe and came through the stove top and it came through, uh, my body and it shot, um, upwards through my brain and down through my heart down my right leg and crossed over to my left leg and out my second toe on in my left foot and um it threw me eight feet and I laid on the ground going oh my god what the hell Like I actually, it threw me eight feet and I died. (laughs) I died in that moment and I went to heaven and had a conversation with God. I don't remember a lot of it, but we had a pretty decent conversation. Pretty much about my declaration of I want to be an instrument of your will. (laughs) And uh, so there you have it. I mean, this is how it happened. And so... I remember waking up and my daughter's like, what the hell are you doing on the floor? Get up and give me my hot dog already. And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) It was like the rudest thing my daughter could have said. She was seven years old saying, where the hell's my hot dog? (laughs) I think I still had the knife in my hand and that's what made me particularly conductive. I had just washed a knife 
in the sink. So my hands were wet. I was very conductive. I had this metal rod in my hand, this, this butter knife thinking about mustard. I mean, like the most mundane thing in the world. And I was thrown eight feet, died, went to heaven, talked to God for a while, came back and my daughter's screaming at me that she wants her hot dog. It's one of the only times as a child she ever said the word hell. So it was like one of those oh shit moments. I'm like, I'm just going to ignore that. And I could barely move. And she's like, what's wrong with you? Like both the kids are freaked out. Like somehow they didn't see me get thrown eight feet across the room. They were talking, they were just doing their own thing. And I went whipping across the room and fell and they don't know. It it was one of the weirdest, most surreal moments of my life. But since then, God has provided for me in the weirdest of ways. One year later, after the day I got struck by lightning, one year to that day, April 2nd, 2008, I, um, my husband forced me to file for divorce. He said I was, that he was going to take the children away from me. Um, and I would never see them again. If I fought him on this and he forced me into a divorce. And as soon as the papers were signed, he took off like a week later to go cheat on me with a woman 20 years older than me, which was insane. Also, like what is I, it was one of those things like, I don't even know what the hell's happening right now. You know, it was just like, what? But 18 months later, we were divorced. Nine months later, he was dead and I had his retirement. (laughs) That's how God works, right? I said, God, please provide for me. I didn't, you know, you don't never, ever, ever know how God is going to provide for you, but that's what happened. And so I ended up with my husband's retirement, uh, taking care of my kids for the next 10 years. And that ended in October of last year because my kids are now fully grown, well-adjusted humans. And here I am with a podcast in which I channel God as an instrument of his will and his peace. And now his words. And I do this through indirect channeling via telepathy. I don't do direct. I don't like being my body fully taken over. God knows that. Thank God. (laughs) You know, I was willing to do it, but I was freaked out by it. And God's like, you don't have to do it that way. We'll just do it this way. And since then I started channeling, um, other beings and I've channeled my whole life. I've been telepathic and psychic my whole life, but more recently it's been, um, you know, publicly for you guys. So if you're brand new to the show, that's the story pretty much in a nutshell, how it all came about and why I am, uh, why I have a metaphysical podcast and spilling some of the secrets of the mystery schools every now and again, as well as, uh, well, what I'm doing here tonight for you channeling, uh, messages from the creator. So, uh, that's it. Basically I've already, I'm always connected to prime creator. That was the point of the story. I'm always connected to him. And so I don't always remember if, if someone asks me, my friend Laron had asked me a question about his life the other day. And I told him the answer. And then he asked me yesterday, what did you say again? I'm like, I don't know. 
it's up to you to remember because when I'm channeling God, I don't remember later, you know, cause it wasn't directly one of my thoughts that originated from me. It's a thought that originated elsewhere and it just passes through me because I am like an instrument, you know, like if you imagine, um, a tube with wires going through it and then the electricity is going through the wires. The tube doesn't remember anything from the electricity. It was just there, you know, and in my case, the wires are my nervous system and I just get a sense a feeling. I get images. So I get an emotional feeling. I get images, I get words and a stream of consciousness thought. And sometimes it's a giant packet of information that I have to unravel. And so sometimes when I'm channeling, I might have to stop and say, I need clarification on something. And in that case, I will use muscle testing to make sure I am getting the message correctly for you guys so that I am channeling, um, to the best of my ability so that you get the best message that will help you in the most, um, efficient way, basically. So anyway, here we go. Prime creator might connected with you. Of course, muscle testing always says yes, because I'm always connected to him no matter what. And divine mother as well, no matter what. So, all right, here we go. I have no idea what this message is going to be about, what the topic will be. Um, it's a surprise for you and it's a surprise for me. <laughs> so here we go. Okay, Prime Creator, uh, you may begin, begin transmission now. Greetings, dear ones. I am the Prime Creator. I am the one who created you all. I am the all. I am the Godhead or the God or whatever your favorite word of the day for me is. That is me. That is who I am. I love each and every one of you. I want to let you know every time I channel because a lot of you don't hear the words. I love you very often. You don't hear this very much. Maybe some of you are, uh, estranged from your parents while others no longer have your parents with you on the earthly plane. And many of you don't hear those words often enough. So I am here to let you know, I love you. Divine mother loves you. The ascended masters love you. There are so many people in fact that love you, that you are not going to ever be able to count them all. I do assure you that more people love you than our fingers and toes on your body. More people love you than our hairs on your head. More people love you than our cells in your body because it's not just the five or 10 people, you know, who have passed away that love you. And by the way, nobody passes away for real. It's a transfer of form, but a lot of you are really not aware of how many of your ancestors love you. You might've come from an estranged family or from a situation in which you did not know your family. Maybe perhaps you were adopted and several of you are, 
And it's confusing when you're adopted, because even if you know you're adopted, you don't really know how to connect with your ancestors. You think, well, I don't really want to be connected to the ancestors that I don't know from a family that did not raise me. And I feel a little weird asking for that. And I don't want to be connected to the ancestors of a family that did raise me because I'm not actually their DNA blood relative. I'm not really their progeny as it were. And a lot of you get very confused by this prospect. You don't know what to do. If you were not close, particularly with your parents or your grandparents, you might be thinking, I don't really want to be calling upon the ancestors when my own mother or my own grandmother or my own family didn't really want much to do with me, or maybe they weren't particularly, um, spiritual or magical or whatever your reason is for calling upon the ancestors. And many people have many different reasons for wanting to do this, but we're here to tell you that you have many more ancestors than that. Your soul has been in more than one family. Your soul has been in multiple families. Your soul is interested in traveling the cosmos sometimes for some of you. And so you have ancestors from other planets. You have ancestors from other dimensions. You have ancestors from your adopted family and your genetic family. And some of you actually feel close in particular to the families, the families of the person to whom you are married or possibly to, uh, the family of someone who you dated or lived with in the past. Some of you feel comfortable talking to the ancestors of an old roommate And there's nothing wrong with that because everybody is connected to everybody. Everybody is connected to everybody because you all are God. You are all bits and pieces and sparks, as some of you say, to me, the divine creator. We are all one. Unity is harmony. And Harmony inside yourself is understanding and knowing that you are really and truly a piece and a part of the all. Claiming this to yourself, for yourself. When Divine Mother and I hear people claim that they are God, we don't think that they are being blasphemous. We don't think that they are being braggadocios. They're not being braggardly. They're not being egotistical. When somebody claims their godhood, they claim the greater piece of who they are, the greater piece of the puzzle of who they are. And we would like to offer the simple advice to you that 
we believe you should claim this for yourself. Just stand up and say, I am God. I am one with my creator. I am one with my ancestors. I am one with humanity. You are more special and more important than anybody in the world because you are everybody in the world. We don't want you to start acting like you're better than because we did not say that you are more special than anyone in the world because you are everyone in the world. You are not more special than anybody else, but you are everybody else. For those of you who are really afraid to believe you're special for those of you who have problems with low self-esteem and you suffer from a lack of self-confidence. We want you to claim that, that unity with all mankind and that unity with God, with us, the prime creator, the prime creatrix. You may call us whatever you like. You may follow whatever religion you like. You may follow whatever doctrines you like. You may choose to be on your own spiritual path if you like. It doesn't matter to us as long as you're happy and you know who you are. Your ability to claim who you are is going to take you far in life. The more you are able to see your worth and your own divinity, the more humble you will become. We know this. We have said this in the past. We're saying it now. We want you to know it's okay. If you feel close to somebody and you say, I feel that you are my family. I hope you don't mind, but in my mind, you're always my family. All right. So he's telling me, he wanted me to tell you guys this. So I contacted my ex-boyfriend, um, in who's living in California and he's somebody who had cheated on me, but we had been really, really close friends. And so, and we're still, um, we're still friends. I don't want to be back together with him because of the cheating, you know, but I really just wanted to see if he was okay. I kind of felt like he wasn't. So I wrote to him yesterday and I said, I want to make sure you're okay. And his, um, two of his brothers had died and his sister is dying, um, of cancer and his brothers died of other things, but he's not okay. And I felt it. And so I wrote to him and he said, it means a lot to me that you reached out to me because even though we're not together, I feel that you are truly my family. You have become like family to me and I love you and I miss you. And he really needed to hear from me. And it struck me because there's so many people that I feel this way about, um, you know, like their family, you know, um, no matter if I don't see them for 10 years, they're still my family. Right. 
my friends are my family, you know, um, the ones who end up being, um, you know, really close with me, the ones that are, uh, good to me, you know, the ones that I, um, good to everybody, you know, all my family members, all my friends, I'm, I'm good to them. But so God wanted me to show or share that with you, that it's like, it does feel like that in some ways, like, you know, you meet someone in, it could be an ex, but you've known them for so long now that they're like literally family. Like this guy, I've known him. Oh gosh. Since 2000 and see, I I filed for divorce in 2008 (laughs) in April. So yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I think I met him about that time. I met him a couple months before that. And we started dating maybe six months later after I filed for divorce something like that. So, or actually it might've been a year before, honestly, but, or, you know, it was about that time anyway, it doesn't matter. But so since then, so we'll just say 2008. So how long is that? 12, 13 years. I've known this guy anyway. So hi, baby girl. We're doing the show. You want to help me? Okay. Thank you. She says, hello. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're going to get back into asking, what does God have to say, right? Oh, thank you. She came and laid down on the bed to give me kitty kisses. Hi, baby girl. It's good to see you. Oh, so sweet. She's giving me and you guys kitty kisses, just so you know. All right. That's uh, when a cat closes her eyes very slowly while looking into your eyes. That's, that's a form of saying, I love you. Inverting with you know non-verbally anyway I like when God works through my kitty cat she's a sweetheart right yep you are okay so let's get back into it so as that story this is prime creator talking again as that story illustrates when Elena said that this person is like her family and her ex-boyfriend says you are like my family this is how we wished for all of you to think of each other. You are all related. Now we're not saying of course, genetically speaking, but you are all related in the way that you are energetically linked through what you could maybe call the God particle. That spark, that divine, that spirit inside that intense power of love that is all pervasive in your body in every cell now you might not be aware that it's there but when you tune into the frequency of this it's always there and when you tune into the vibration and the power of love in relationship to your ancestors and connecting with them you're going to feel the energy and the frequency and the vibration of love there too. And the more ancestors you connect with and work with, and when we say work with, this could be in any capacity that you wish. If you are in a magical way, you can ask them to help you bless your magic. Maybe you're putting a blessing on your food so that your family will be healthier when they eat it. Maybe you're putting a blessing on the house so that your house is protected from lower vibrations and negative, um, uh, energies such as people giving you the evil eye or, 
the stink guy or the uh oh he's showing me something else he's showing me an eyeball but it's like the evil eye but there's another word he's trying to say i'm not getting it um and now i'm now i'm just getting the color orange in a circle i don't know what this is um he's showing me that's like a negative energy like it's almost like people are sending um it looks like a moldy ping pong ball <laughs> like he's just like throwing like like some people it oh, okay he's he's now saying it's like a jealousy ball <laughs> it's what it looks like energetically it's like very sticky and gloppy it almost looks like melted orange sherbet that's been hot and like melted in the sun and gooey and sticky and it's in the shape of a ball and people when they're jealous of you they will throw this kind of an energy at you and just sticks onto you and it sticks it's like gross it like sticks onto your aura and drags you down as it, it it's like if imagine a, a sticky gooey ball was to hit you and slowly roll down your side pulling your shirt down that's the energy he, he just showed me. It's freaking weird. <laughs> okay, so go ahead. So, so he's saying that the ancestors can help you get rid of and deflect. He, okay, he's saying this. Your ancestors become like Teflon, like a Teflon pan in which nothing can stick. They will be there to shield you, protect you, guide you, and help you with your magic or help you with your prayers or help protect your family in general. You don't have to be a magical person and you don't have to not be religious. You can have any beliefs that you want in order to work with your ancestors. You can just, um, honor them by thanking them for your very life. If it wasn't for all of the things that your uh, DNA ancestors went through, you would not be here in this room hearing this message right now or in this car or on this roadway, walkway. Um, Somebody, I think, I I just saw somebody in the future. I think it might be Becca. (laughs) Is it you? Are you walking with headphones and listening to this? Right now, <laughs> I see somebody on gray streets with a grayish, whitish sky. Maybe even wearing shorts. It's not. It's not uh, cold out, but somewhere in Europe, listening to the show while walking. I like. I can almost see your whole ensemble. I see what you're wearing. It's a cute outfit. <laughs> it's so weird. Sometimes I get to see the future and sometimes I get to see you guys listening and someone else is eating breakfast listening to this with your family. And hey, I see that. I see you. Philip and your family, I see you. That's pretty cool. It's okay, God, go ahead now. So you may call upon your ancestors just to help you with tasks such as when you need to find a new car for the family, when you want to move to a new apartment, when you want to have any kind of help at all. This is in several cultures around the world, the Native American tribes in North America. A lot of them do work with the ancestors throughout the Caribbean and throughout parts of Africa. 
a lot of people work with the ancestors. Even throughout parts of Asia, people are known to work with the ancestors. Even in, now he's showing me um, the lady who does the, who whose life, uh, I mean, Frozen, Ilsa, I guess, was, um, it was based on her life. Jana Johansson, I think is her name, or Jana, Jenna Johansson. Anyway, um, he's showing me that she also works with her ancestors. And that's when she calls the, um, she calls forth the Northern lights and, and there's on YouTube on her channel shows her calling them and she, there's a special song and she gets in the frozen water and she calls and the Northern lights hit every time. So it's pretty cool. Like she could call it right to her. And I, I saw her do it in one of her videos. I was like, Whoa. And when she was done, I mean, she was almost, she herself, she was starting to have hyperthermia cause it took so long but she did it because she was working, I think with her ancestors. I think that's what God's trying to say. So back to what God has to say, go ahead. Prime creator. Yes, exactly. Your ancestors can help you with a wide variety of tasks. If you need to find a job, if you want to, um, go back to university or maybe you're not having, um, a very good memory and you're there trying to take a test. You can ask your ancestors to give you the answers or help you to remember the answers. They can also help you study. The ancestors are basically people that came before you, um, and they share DNA with you, but it also could be a part of your greater human family. And when we say work with the ancestors, we want you to honor the people that came before you and love them in a way in which you are helping to heal the family lines and the traumas, like what was talked about in the first part of the show, but also work on yourself in a way that he's saying with, okay. So when you're working with the ancestors, you're going to feel connected with them. And by feeling connected with them, it's going to help you feel connected to the greater human family in general. And that's how you're going to feel more unity. That's how you're going to feel more oneness with all. For many of you, you're still struggling with the idea of loving everyone on the planet, regardless of what they believe, regardless of what they have done in their life. You're having a hard time loving everybody. And so we were thinking that coming from a different angle to approach this question of, being one and unifying yourself with others. If you work with your ancestors, this is going to help you love everybody. Eventually you're going to realize that your ancestors are not perfect. They're just people like you are, but they came before. And sometimes you are your own ancestor. And sometimes your family members are in heaven watching you they're they're up here in the other dimension or the other side whatever you want to call where we're at where they're at they are giving you love and power of he's saying like power of suggestion but what do you mean by that power of suggestion literally i guess they're looking at you they have etheric eyes it's not like us physical bodies they're they're more like wispier bodies he's showing me but 
they will give you emanations from their mind or their eyes that will um, penetrate your brain. And this is sometimes when you feel a flash of inspiration or suddenly you solved a problem out of nowhere or you'll go to sleep and you'll have a weird dream and then you'll wake up and suddenly know the answer or the solution to a problem that has been plaguing you for days. And so what he's showing me is that they're constantly trying to work with us anyway. So we might as well try to work with them. And the more we do work with those that came before us that we are related to and those that came before us that were, um, not, um, that, uh, we're not related to, but that we feel close to like the families that we feel close to, um, they're going to, um, start to feel, uh, more connected with us. And then we will feel more connected with them. And that's pretty much, uh, I just got really weirded out because I looked up and there's plastic hanging on the outside of my bedroom window and I just realized that part of it looks like a black, um, it's, it's a black plastic. So it looks like a black alien, like a gray alien with black eyes, but it looks like, um, a photo negative of that. So it's like a black head on a black. Oh, it's so creepy. I just looked up and I'm like, ah, it looked like it was looking at me. Like there's an alien out there, but it's not, it's just a plastic bag. It just has, <laughs> it just looks like it has a face from the angle of the way that the light's shining on it. Okay. I just, that like really disturbed me for a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the other day, a different part of the plastic, it, it crinkled, like the, it, the wind made it pick up and it came back and it looked at like a really disturbing face, but on the other side. And it's like, man, I, I can't wait till this house is fully built so that he could take the plastic off the damn window. <laughs> anyway, um, all right, God, go ahead. The greater your capacity to remember to work with the ancestors, no matter whose ancestors they are, the greater your capacity will be to produce a magical, harmonious life. And by magical, we mean everything that you've ever wanted coming to fruition in a surprising and unique way that will both delight and surprise you and increase your life and the lives of all the people around you. And that is why we wish for you to try to work with your ancestors more. And this is what the message is and why we are trying to explain this because we want you to understand the, um, impact it can have, uh, not only on your life, but the lives of those around you and your community and eventually the planet. And if everybody worked on this and if everybody started to work with their ancestors, then everything is going to uh, get lighter and brighter much, much faster. So he's showing me a picture of like a, a grid around the earth. I mean, you all know um, as well as I do painfully that we are not, um, all together in a clump. It's not like we all live in Seattle and so we could all hang out at, at Denny's or whatever. 
you know, we're all spread out all over the world. And so we feel kind of like isolated because we might be in a community of 10,000 or a hundred thousand people and not one of them is spiritual, just us, or at least that's what we feel. Right. But what he's showing me is if you start working with the ancestors, a, you're not going to be alone anymore and B, your energy and your power is going to grow your energetically, um, your energy power, your spiritual power, your spirit body is going to grow so much that the emanations coming off of you, the vibrations coming off of you will, um, start to affect other people. And eventually they're going to get pinged, you know, like their soul is going to go, Whoa, just now they're going to wake up and they're going to have a sudden jolt of Holy crap. I just had a spiritual awakening. So the more you work with your ancestors, the more it's going to increase your energy and the more people around you are going to start waking up. And therefore the rest of us won't be so damn lonely. You won't be so damn lonely, you know, in this spiritual quest and in this spiritual life. So, um, that's pretty much what it is, right? Um, muscle testing says yes. Okay. Well, that's really awesome. All right. So go ahead. Is there any more to the message? All right. Oh gosh. I'm getting, I'm getting tired now. Um, he says, uh, yes. Uh, one last thing. Um, as you work with the ancestors, realize that they're just people like you don't be afraid and think they're spooky, they're spirits, they're ghosts. It's not like that at all. It's just that they're people from a different, um, vibration. So they can't see you physically and you can't see them physically, but it's as if they're in your room, in the room with you saying, Oh, sure. You know, when you go to clean up your house and if you had a couple people over that were polite, they would help you clean up automatically. And this is what your ancestors will do for you. They're going to help you energetically clean up, uh, the spots you've missed basically in your life. And so Imagine that they're just uh, people in the room with you, people walking down the street with you. When you walk down the street and you have your ancestors walking with you, say, hey, ancestors, walk with me today. Go with me today. And you're going to feel the energy of that backing, and it's going to give you a bigger backbone. You're going to feel the energy even compressing in your spine a little bit where you're going to feel more confidence and you'll no longer feel a lack of uh, self-worth or self-esteem because you're going to feel it there. They're going to be backing you. Ancestors, please bring me money. Ancestors, please help me get a job. Ancestors, help me overcome those things which are holding me back. They can help you in all the different ways in which you have failed to help yourself. They can help you in the ways in which you're starting to help yourself, but they can help you gain the momentum stronger and faster than before. They're going to help you in a wide variety of ways, but only if you ask them to help you in every area of your life to find love, to find a job, to sleep better at night, to have better health, to remember to eat your veggies whatever it is, whatever is the thing that you wish for, 
you can have them help you deeper meditation, stronger spiritual connection, whatever it is that you want. Maybe you're lonely. You want an animal companion. Let your ancestors pick out that dog or that cat or that bird or that ferret for you. That is a very strong connection that you have with your ancestors. So, or the ancestors that you most connect with, of course, you know, you might have been adopted by people that are from Germany, but your heart connection lies in Scotland, or maybe you're African from South Africa, but your, uh, heart connection lies in Kenya or in Thailand or in California you know, it's okay for you to call upon ancestors from different, um, areas of the world. If your soul has a calling in that way, because you might have had a past life in that culture. Okay. And God's like saying, but don't just adopt, don't culturally misappropriate, especially Don't appropriate other people's cultures, but also don't misappropriate and use it for money. Like he's saying, if you feel the need to call upon the ancestors of a certain culture, that's okay. But he's saying, don't just, um, you know, go adopt everything from that culture and use it for your own money gain or whatever. I mean, I'm, it's me and Lane explaining that to you, but God said, don't misappropriate it or whatever, but just, but you can call upon the ancestors of different, this is a private thing between you and the ancestors that you're working with. All right. Now he wants me to tell you guys the story. All right. When I was walking in the, um, jungle of Peru, my kids and I went for a couple days, um, down the Amazon river in a little speedboat, And we went and we visited a couple different tribes and we went to a little, um, lodge called the ayahuasca retreat. We did not do ayahuasca there, but that was what the name of the retreat was the ayahuasca lodge. And we stayed in the ayahuasca lodge. And, um, that night, that first night they said, Hey, would you like to go walking? on the jungle tour, it's part of, you know, what you paid for. So we said, sure, why not? And we had to wear these boots that came up to our, uh, knees because, um, it was pretty swampy and there's also caiman or alligators, crocodiles. I don't know what they were, but they had a lot of teeth (laughs) and we actually saw them. I mean, woo, but they told us before we set off on our journey that we were going to, um, actually they didn't tell us. It was actually this guy that told me at one of the places earlier in the day where we had been and it was a nature preserve center. And he said, cause I was looking at the pictures of the river mermaids and they said those people who are deeply in tune with nature have seen the mermaids in the Amazon river. And I was interested in that. And they said, well, the ancestors, they believe that the mermaids are their ancestors. 
and they believe that um, the ancestors are with them every part of the way and the ancestors are with them in the jungle when they walk at night to protect them from the anaconda to protect them from like the crocodiles the crocodilos <laughs> which they say in Spanish cute cute way of saying it and and to protect them from um, other things such as the jaguars so I wanted to inquire more, tell me more about these ancestors. And they said, well, when you're walking at night in the jungle, they will let you know that you are protected by them. And if they love you, if they love your energy, they will touch you gently on the shoulder to let you know that they're there so that you know you're safe and that they are there to protect you. And they will only let you know if they love you, if they feel that you're there for a good reason. And that gave me a pause and it made me disturbed a little bit. Like that's pretty freaky. (laughs) There's ghosts hanging around, touching you on the shoulder in the middle of the jungle when you're already freaked out by all kinds of creatures that you're seeing there, but I kind of blew it off. I was like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Legend. What a cool story, bro. Whatever. That night I was walking in the jungle and my boyfriend was right behind me. My kids were ahead of me and my kids kind of went a little bit faster on the pa- on the path, on the trail. This was one of those situations where, and this happened to me a couple times where they say, Oh, sure. It's just, you know, it's like a 30 minute walk. It's no big deal. And four and a half fucking hours later, you're still walking. It's like a death march. You're like, damn, I didn't know. Right. So anyway, it was one of those nights we'd already been walking like three hours or two and a half hours. And then we had to go back the way we came. So it was really getting kind of creepy for me, but the kids went far ahead and my, but my boyfriend is still with me. I know he was still with me because he kept touching my shoulder, guys. He kept touching my shoulder. The fourth or fifth time, I stopped and I turned around with my flashlight to say, What, Alex, what do you need? Que necesitas, Alex? And guess what, guys? He was nowhere to be found. He wasn't even with me. About four or five times, the ancestors of the jungle... The forest people, the Amazon tribal people, ancestors touched me on the shoulder. Let me know that they were there. And I just said, thank you, ancestors. Gracias a ti. Para tu ayuda conmigo. You know, for your help with me. Thank you for your help with me. And they were like with me and they kept touching my shoulder after that. I mean, I kept looking around like there's nobody here. I was alone in the jungle, guys, in the freaking Amazon by myself. And the ancestors were touching me. (laughs) So it is possible to work with ancestors of other cultures if they love you and they know you and they get your vibe and they know that you're here for the good of the planet, for the health and benefit and welfare of all people. They're going to protect you. If you want to work with them, it's going to be okay. But it's not okay to appropriate cultural stuff, basically. So be careful with that. 
I've seen many teachers and gurus dressing in Indian clothing from India and they're, they're nowhere, not even close to from there. And it's kind of always gives me a weird feeling. I don't know. It always gave me a weird vibe and my, myself, I've worn clothes from India. So, but, but I felt weird doing it. So only, you know, I had one outfit I wore when I was pregnant because the pants were let out really far. (laughs) And then after I gave birth, I didn't wear it again, the outfit, because it felt weird. But I I was in Berkeley. I'm like, this looks comfortable. I want to try this on, you know, (laughs) but now I won't do it. I just, you know, I just wear sweats and a t-shirt, you know, anyway, so God, what else? So this story illustrates that when you are, um, in tune with all of the nature or the energies around you, you can work with the ancestors of a region or an area also, not just from different cultures or different lifetimes of yours or your own family, but also from the families that were where you are from thousands of years ago. They are still having access to that when you give them access through the power of your prayers and your mindset of, I want to connect to the people who used to live here. And most of the people in most regions are in the upper dimensions. And so they're not ghosts stuck, but they are spirits that are able to come back to the point of their own origin from where they last lived. All right. So he's showing me that you can be in Sweden in your past life, but if you're, you know, in Australia right now, and then you die, you're not going to be able to go back to Sweden in your past life. That's not where your origin is now. It's so it's the last known origin of where your soul touched the earth. So if you become an ancestor for somebody who wants to connect with that spirit from that region, after you die, he's showing me you're going to connect with. So, so, all right, here's a, here's a good question. God, this is me, Elena asking you, I'm in Ecuador right now. If I die right now and someone calls upon the ancestors and people that they vibe with from a spirit form, would my spirit be able to come here to Ecuador? He says, yes. Now, California, no, it's the place where you were when you died, but the place where you were connected with. So now, okay. So say I'm in Ecuador, I live in Ecuador. I've been here for 20, 30, 40 years down the line. And then I decide on a weird, fancy whimsy to go to Connecticut for the weekend. And I die there. No, your spirit will still be connected through the Ecuadorian it's where you are most connected, the region, the area where you're most connected when you die. And you're not always going to be called back. It's only if once you're there, you ask to be in service to help the people from, from where you were as an ancestor. And you can help anyone anywhere on the planet, but when they specifically want to connect to the ancestors of a region, you become an ancestor of a region where you lived the most towards the end of your life. And that, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're 80 years old or 18 or eight years old when you died or 46, it doesn't matter. It's just the energy, um, that with which you vibrated the most in a region. So 
you know, if you, like, you know, so if you went to Connecticut for the weekend and get hit by a bus, <laughs> you're not an ancestor from Connecticut because you're not connected energetically. And now God is telling me to connect to a place energetically. You're drinking the water there. You're, or bathing in the water there. You're walking barefoot out in nature there. Um, and he's giving a nod to Lizzie who mentioned that to me yesterday. That's how you become an ancestor of where you are. And, um, when you're out under nature, under the sky, when you're connecting by looking into the eyes of the birds of the region, when you're touching the trees and the plants, if you grow vegetables or, or flowers or any kind of connection with the nature of a region that makes you a spiritual ancestor of the region. Even if you're not, um, an original genetic ancestor of the region, most humans at one point or another were nomadic, but it's, um, your connection with the region that makes you a spiritual ancestor. So you may call upon your genetic ancestors, the ancestors of families you feel particularly close to your, your, um, ancestors of your, um, genetics, the ancestors of the people you love or married to the ancestors of people that you used to be. If you were Egyptian in a past life, you may call upon your Egyptian ancestors, whether you know their names or not. You could just say when I was in this particular family, you may call upon those ancestors. You may call upon the ancestors of a region of a country of a city, of a village, where you live, wherever you are, city, township, countryside. And you may call upon the ancestors of the animals and the spirits of the plants from the region as well. Work with them, work with them to increase your vibration and your level of unity and harmony and understanding to understand better your place in this universe as a big part, a small part of the big whole. You are a part of the greater whole at large and you are incredibly important. You are incredibly loved. You are incredibly special. Allow that to sink in. Allow yourself to feel the love. Allow yourself to feel the wholeness in the unity of the all. Allow yourself to feel humbled before the great vastness of your connection to all of the ancestors. I am the Lord, your God. I love you. I will always love you. And I'm grateful that you are a part of me. You have my permission to say, I am God. Empower yourself with that. Humble yourself before that knowledge. You are special and we are one. And that is all. And he signed off. End of transmission. Well, there you have it, guys. I, is me, Elena, again, back to y'all. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed my uh, ancestor stories makes me want to go back to the jungle and meet the ancestors 
I mean, when they touched me on my shoulder, they touched me on my right shoulder and I felt so much love and camaraderie and one of them accidentally kind of slapped me a little bit and I turned real, real fast. And then I felt more of a gentle touch right after. And I almost thought I heard someone laughing. It was like, whoa, (laughs) I was totally alone too. Ooh, that was like pretty crazy. But, um, but I know it's true. I, you know, it's funny that they told me that. And then I experienced it later after I forgot they said that. So it was like, whoops. Yeah, that's real. Anyway, I'm going to do this. I like this advice. I hope you, uh, want to do this work. The ancestors, let me know how it goes. All right. I will be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming. Just like always know that I love you. I'm glad that you're here and we're working on this puzzle of spiritual growth and ascension of humanity together. Thank you for being here and listening. And thank you for telling other people about the show, by the way, a lot of you have been doing that and I'm really grateful for that. So thank you for that. Um, I'm on Instagram, contact me anytime, DM me at mermaid girl, eight, eight, eight. That's just my private one. Uh, anyway, that's it. Um, I love you. I am signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy fifth dimension. Until next time, guys, peace. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.